We are excited to share God's word. I'm going to start part three today of this series that God has given us for this year on the word renewed. That's the word we believe God has given. God is renewing. We spent the last two weeks talking about how God renews our vision. Today, I want to talk to you about God renew our prayers. God renew our prayers. Second Chronicles 714. Come on now, you know this. If my people, that's you and I, is the case, you don't know that answer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. We have been given a mandate right here. If you never preached a sermon before, this is a great verse to start at because all your points are just right here, just one verse. You can pray, see God's face. Come on now. Pray, see God's face, and repent. It's right there, all together. I love it. It says we are to pray and seek God's face, suggesting this, that there is levels to our prayers. I believe this scripture is pointing out that there are levels to our prayers. It's just not praying. I, listen, I don't want my kids and the children of this house just to learn how to pray a blessing over their meal and food. I want them to learn how to seek the face of God. Do you hear me? I don't want them just to have a, you know, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. I want them, God, I need you prayer. God, I'm believing you prayer. God, you can heal my marriage. God, you can heal my family. God, you can do a miracle prayer. God, you can save my coworker prayer. I'm talking about our children have got to learn to pray. And the way they learn to pray is by mom and dad, us learning to pray. We model it for them. Pray. Seek his face and repent. It's a pattern there. It says we pray, and not just pray, the cute prayers, but coming in like we're doing on 21 days of fasting and prayer when we come together and say, God, we're seeking your face. God, we need you to move. God, we want your Holy Spirit to fill in our hearts and our lives. God, put my mind back where you are at the top of my thoughts, where you are number one in every area of my life like it should be. When I not only pray, but I seek God's face. That's why we're fasting, giving up things so that God gets my full attention. God deserves my full attention. God wants my full attention. God, I want to honor you that you receive the majority of my thoughts. God, everything belongs to the Lord. And so this becomes a praying and seeking his face. And when I repent, not because I'm going to miss heaven, once I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the Bible says that he covers all of my sins. So this is not to make you feeling bad and trying to make you feel guilty about the sins you committed last week. If you're a Christian, you don't have to walk in condemnation. The Bible says there is none, that he has forgiven our sins. 
But just because his grace covers my sins doesn't mean I ignore them and keep sinning day after day, doing the same thing and letting that sin control my life. I, I, should, I should be saying, God, I want to let go of the sins that have controlled my life, and I want the Holy Spirit to control my life day after day. My sins should not be frequent every single day. I should learn how to go a day without committing sin, that I can actually please the Lord in all that I do. How many say, I can do that? You can do that. I believe you can do that. And so when I do this, the Bible says, I can then hear from God. So look, I will hear from heaven, was what we read. When we pray, seek God's face, we repent, then we will hear from God. I wonder how many people say, I haven't heard from God in a long time. I don't hear God speak to me. Could it be we've neglected prayer in our life? Could it be not only have we neglected prayer, we've neglected seeking his face. We've neglected repenting. God, I'm sorry if the things I do have grieved your heart. I've taken your grace for granted in my life. God, help me, help me, God, to get rid of these things in my life that have come above you. As I repent, and then the Bible says, what happens? Then I can hear from heaven. Uh, God wants to speak. He just needs us to clean our ears out. Come on now. That's what my mom used to tell me. When I was like, go clean those ears out. You don't listen to me very well. I will hear from God. See, we are a Bible teaching church. What's that mean? That means that everything we teach will be based solely out of the Bible. That we will, what we preach and teach can be backed up. It can be looked at coming straight from God's words to the best of our ability. Everyone who fills the pulpit here at Destiny Church, what they say is backed up by the word of the Lord and scripture. It's just not our opinion. Uh, and so today I'm going to give you some things I believe are going to help you. Uh, quickly, I want to give you four things and I'm going to come back to number one. Four things on, on the progress of prayer. This is like the four foundations of prayer. Number one, the priority of prayer. Uh, the priority of prayer. We're going to come back and spend some time on this one, but prayer should always be our first response. Look at this. Prayer should always be our first response, never our last resort. But let's be honest. Even as Christians, many times we tried everything else and then we pray. Well, I've done everything I know what to do. I might as well just pray now. But could it be that if we would learn to let prayer become our first response instead of our last response, that things would change in our life? Now, come on, turn to your neighbor and say, now. Now is the right time to pray. Not when you're in trouble. If you wait until you're in trouble to pray, you're already in trouble. Now is the right time to pray. Now, now, now. And then we got to have a place of prayer. You need a place of prayer. A priority has got to be up there. Then you got to have a place of prayer. Have special places that you pray. This is an important part of your prayer life. Do you have certain places? For me, if, if people are asleep at the house or no one's there, I like to, I like to pray in my recliner. Hallelujah. Someone say, I feel Jesus on that one. When the house is full, I can go to my office and I pray. When I'm here at the church, I love to sit right there where I sit or I sit right here at the altar and I pray. 
I have places that I believe that I just, I just know. That's my place. I, that's my place. That's my go-to. Do you have a go-to place for prayer? If I answer is no, then you don't pray enough. You need to have a go-to place of prayer. Have a special place of prayer. Number three, you need to have a plan of prayer. How do you pray? Some of you here are asking that question. Pastor, I would love to pray. I just don't know how to pray. I feel silly. Let me give you a quick model that we use here. It's always for believers to use. It's called the ACTS model. The ACTS prayer model. Easy to follow the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. Look what it says. Prayer is this. Prayer, we start off with ACTS, adoration. Giving God the praise, right there. Confessing our sin, giving thanks to God, and then telling God the needs, the things I need him to supply in my life. And so I give praise, I confess God. This is the areas I'm weakening in my life. These are the areas I'm failing in my life. These are the areas I've, I've grieved your spirit. And then I say, God, but I thank you that you've been faithful. God, I thank you for what I do have. I thank you for what you have done. And I thank you for the faith, what you're going to do. And God, this is what I'm facing this week. And so this becomes a very easy model if you've never developed a pattern of prayer to learn how to pray. And so then we go from priority of prayer to place of prayer to a plan of prayer. And now the last thing is the power of prayer. You got to understand that when you pray, you have power. When you pray, you have power. That's the reason why many people don't pray because you don't realize the power you're setting on. And can I give you some insights today? The same power that when God pray over you, the same power you have inside of you as well. God wants to answer your prayers just like he answers my prayers. God wants to heal through you just the way he heals through me. God wants to encourage through you the way he encourages through me. God wants to give you a word of prophecy the way he gives me a word of prophecy. God wants you to give you a word of encouragement to somebody. He will do that when you pray one for another. God wants to flow through you. Listen, the pastor and the staff are not the only ones that can pray. We can all pray for each other. That's biblical. That's what we find that the church is healthy. When you have one man doing all the prayer, it's an unhealthy church. If you've been taught only the pastor can pray for me, you're going to an unhealthy church. No, we are called to pray one for another. And there's power. Listen, there's power in your prayer. So today I want us to go back, and I want us to focus on the first one today. Let's spend our majority of our time here, number one, on the priority of prayer. We're praying that God will renew our prayer focus, that God will renew our hunger and desire for prayer. That God will renew why? Because this is what matters the most, church. We can have all the video, lights, the best music. We can have the best facilities. We can give away free coffee. We can have all kinds of great, cool things going on. But if we're missing prayer, we're missing it. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We got to learn to pray. The believer should know how to pray. It's the fundamentals of what we do. Without the fundamentals, we're missing it. We're not building on a strong foundation. Look at this statement. Prayers that go unasked are the prayers that go unanswered. Some of you are like, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Some of you don't have unanswered prayers. You got prayers you never ask because you're afraid to ask. You don't know how to ask or you don't think about asking. But isn't it amazing we ask everybody else and we don't ask the one who's in control? 
Oh, I guess I'm preaching to myself today. You ever heard the statement, you get what you pay for? That's, that's pretty much a, a strong model to live. You get what you pay for. But can, can I also encourage you today, you get what you pray for. Come on now. And I'm not talking about name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, this hyper-faith mentality that everything's ours. But I'm telling you this, that when there's something going on in your heart and you need God to do a miracle, you can believe, ask and believe, and God will move. God is moved by your faith. God is moved by the prayers of the believer. God is moved by my mama's prayers. God is moved by grandma's prayers. God is moved by a father's prayers. God is moved by young people, young adults who stand up and say, God, I'm looking to you for the answers in my life. This moves the heart of God. Pastor, how, how do I pray? Well, it seems so spiritual and I don't understand how to do it. Let me call a timeout. I apologize. If we've made prayer harder than what it is, where, whatever church you went to, whether it's this church or another church, I apologize. Prayer isn't that hard. We make it a lot harder than it needs to be. And there's not a person in this room that can't pray every day in your life and have a prayer with power. What is prayer? It's simply this. Prayer is communication with God. Communication with God. What if the only communication I had with my wife was on our wedding day? How many think we'd have a strong marriage? Wouldn't happen, would it? The only way, this didn't cost you nothing. Ladies, I'm doing this for you. The only thing, the only way to have a strong marriage is to have communication in the marriage. You can't, you can't have a strong marriage without communication in the marriage. And you're not going to know who God is without communication. Communication is prayer. This is how we communicate with God. You know, sometimes I say stupid things to my wife. I know it's hard to believe. Sometimes I do dumb things. I make stupid mistakes. And my wife can go a while and give me the cold shoulder. I know, hard to believe, right? Me. But I've learned over the years that I know how to break the ice. I know if I show back home with her favorite coffee that I went through the drive-thru and got. And I'm speaking her love language, somebody say amen. When I get home and I do the dishes and fold the laundry and put them away before she gets there, she's like, hallelujah. Who is this Prince Charming that came in the door who desires all of my attention today? I know how to break through because I've learned how to communicate with her. We've got to learn how to communicate. How I communicate to God will determine how I seek his face. It will determine the order of operation in my life. When I learn to communicate with God, I can walk at a higher power of resisting temptation in my life. I can walk at a higher power of flowing with the leading of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can walk in ahead above everybody else at my job because God is giving me the wisdom to do my job. I've learned to communicate with God. Prayer allows me to do this. If I want a better relationship with God, I've got to develop how to communicate with God. Let me just say this to you. Uh, 
You gotta understand this, that God is wanting us to understand this. There is no relationship without communication. There is no relationship without communication. So there is no relationship with God if you never commune with God. And how many know a good thing about communication is this, it's not all me talking, it's also me listening. Mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I've learned this, I know, I'm not the wisest husband, but over 30 years I've learned. Sometimes I'm saying, yes, dear, yeah, I'm listening, uh-huh, I hear what you have to say. It's not just me talking, but me learning to listen. God is wanting us to learn to hear his voice. You know, today as I think about it, there's a lot of people in this room who say they know Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. There's a lot of people who say, I know Taylor. And every time, you know, every time they, the cameras cut to her during the Chiefs game today, you go, I know, I know her, there's Taylor. All your daughter's like, yeah, there she goes, there's Taylor. There's Travis, oh yeah, yeah, they're a power couple, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows, everybody knows them, right? No. You know about them. You know what you've read about them. You know what you've seen on TV but you don't know them. You don't know. If Taylor walked by you today, she wouldn't stop and say, you You don't know Taylor. You don't, you don't know Travis. Come on now. You don't know him. You don't even know Aaron Sachs. You don't even know him. <laughs> Acting like you know Travis and I know Taylor. I know them. No, you don't. You know about them. You don't know them. I, I wonder... For us, how many people in this room, we, we know, we know about God. We know about God's faithfulness. We know about what I've read. I know about what I've heard Pastor Gene say. I know about what I've heard about God. I know about God. I can make a post about God every day. I know about God, but do I really know God? Have I learned to hear his voice? Have I learned to talk to him daily? Have I learned to walk and talk with the Lord? I, I want him to know me by my name, and he does, and I want him to know that I know his voice. I've learned to hear the voice of the Lord. I don't want you just to know about God. I want you to know God in an intimate way. And that is developed through a lifestyle of prayer, communication with God. Listen, God doesn't need any more fans. He needs followers. That's what he needs. People who are listening to his voice. He doesn't need any more, anybody else posting about him. He needs people who actually do what he says. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, I would rather teach one man to pray than to teach 10 men to preach. Wow, wow. I mean, that's the importance that he felt like deserved with the prayer. I'd rather teach 10 people to pray than one person to preach. Why? Because when we really learn how to pray, church, 
I'm talking about when we really learn how to pray and the importance of it in our life, it will radically change your life and change this world. This is how the world has changed. If we only get this church, if we can only get this church to learn how to pray, and we're seeing some of that happening now through our 21 days of prayer and fasting. People showing up or filling the house up with, with prayer. That is pleasing the heart of God. And that is going to spring us forward to the vision that God has got for this community of Destiny Church to reach. God is going to fill the house because people are praying. People are just not going through the motions, but we're seeking God. And if we could get this church full of people with a heart to pray, these walls could not hold. We couldn't run enough services to hold the people who would show up when a house knows how to pray. When people can hear from God, when people can pray to the Lord with power, they understand that this will make a difference in people's lives. We wouldn't be able to hold the crowds. We have got to learn how to pray. Luke 11.1 Luke says this, I would rather, look at, one day, one day Jesus was given, he's praying in a where? A certain place. Remember I told you, a place is important. Jesus went to a certain place that he prayed. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And I love this, and Jesus goes on to do the Lord's prayer. And can I tell you this? I don't want to break any bubbles in here and destroy any childhood things you've been taught. There's nothing wrong with reciting the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer was never given to us for us to recite word for word all the time. Jesus was trying to teach us a pattern of how to pray. He was not trying to fill our mouth with exactly what to pray, but he was trying to teach us a pattern. I don't have time to teach all this today, but he was trying to tell you, just start with praise. Repent before the Lord for the sins in your life, and, you know, and then ask the Lord to help you to forgive others as he's forgiven you. Then then pray for your daily needs. You know, he, and, declare his, and end it by declaring his great power. He just gave us a pattern for prayer. But look at verses 5 and 10 now, Luke 11. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Come on now, how many like that when that happens? <laughs> Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. How many remember those days when mama sends you over? Go borrow some bread. Go borrow a cup of sugar. Some of you kids don't have any idea what we're talking about here. Okay. Now we just get on the phone and have it delivered in 15 minutes, right? Mama used to send you, go over and knock on the door and give me a cup of sugar. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, hey, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for the friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless audacity. Let's say this word together, ready? Our shameless audacity. And so I tell you, keep on asking. 
and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I love the way that Jesus used these words, shameless audacity. I mean, going to somebody's house at midnight and knocking on the door, you had to use shameless audacity. You gotta understand this today. You have got to not, you gotta understand that God has given you the power to pray and you can communicate to God because he's already declared that you can boldly approach the throne of grace. You can boldly approach his throne. You are not some second-class citizen. You have the rights to walk in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You've been bought with the price. You've been covered with the blood of Jesus. You have now been given the access with boldness to go and to let your petitions know before the Lord. God, this is what I need. God, this is what's going on in my life. You can believe God for big things in your life. You gotta have audacity to ask God. My wife and I went on a cruise this last summer. And this cruise, I love it. It had one of the biggest buffets I've ever seen in my life. And one of the great things about this buffet was from the time it opened in the morning, and it was the last thing they closed at night, they had about 12 homemade flavors of ice cream out all day long. And I had the audacity to keep going up there hour after hour and getting me another bowl of ice cream. Why? Because I had already paid for it and it was already covered and there was nobody going to tell me no. It was already mine. I already knew what the fine print said. I can keep eating all day if my little heart desires. I'm glad I didn't check my sugar while I was there. But I had the audacity to keep going back and they never told me no. All I had to do was ask. See, some of us here, we're afraid to ask for something that's already ours. We're afraid to ask something God's already declared in our life. Listen, you don't have to be timid about asking what God has already given you in your life. If his word declares it, go for it. God, your word tells me this. And God, I am believing for this, that I can ask and not be afraid. Don't be timid. You be respectful, but you don't have to be timid. We don't, listen, we, we don't serve a bare minimum God. Can I tell you that? We don't serve a God a bare minimum. We serve a shakedown, press down, shaking and running over God. You don't serve a God of this minimum wage. You serve a God who will go above and beyond what you can believe or dream or ask for. I want you to see your God is not limited to your knowledge. Your God is not limited to your resources. My God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Come on now. He sets the sun from the moon. He sets the east from the west. He divides the waters from the dry land. He's the one who spoke things into existence. He has been given a power over everything in the universe. This is the God that I serve. Boldness proceeds breakthrough. Do you hear me? Boldness proceeds breakthrough. There's a handful of times that I needed a major breakthrough in my life, and it took me getting 
bold. What do you mean? I mean, I, I, if anybody else would have saw me, they thought I was crazy. But I, I prayed bold prayers. I, I opened doors and kicked out the devil out of my house before. Neighbors were listening, probably thinking, someone called the nut house. This guy's lost it. But I was boldly praying what God had declared over me and my family. I had boldly, boldly prayed prayers when I felt my spirit crushed. I have boldly felt prayed prayers when I felt the enemy attacking my, my children. I have boldly prayed prayers. I said, no, not today. And I have prayed prayers of boldness. And I want you to learn this year in 2024 to pray bold prayers. I want you to learn to pray bold prayers of faith. Listen, God is not offended by your bold faith. God loves it when you come to him with boldness, with faith. Our lack of prayer results in a lack of power. I know, that's hard to believe, right? Today, as I get ready to close, we just read it in Luke eleven five, and it says that in the midnight, he came knocking on the door to ask him, right? Signifying what? Jesus said, that when it's your darkest hour, don't be afraid to knock. Don't be afraid to keep on asking. It may seem like you can't see your way out. It may seem like nobody else is listening. It may seem like God's already gone to bed. In your mind, you think he is not even paying attention. But Jesus said, keep on knocking, keep on asking. It will be given to you. Do it with faith. Do it with boldness. Even at my darkest hour, I pray first. It's dark right now. In America, we gotta pray. We pray first. Stop looking down all the time. Things are down, things are down. No, look up, declare, things are looking up. Things are looking up for my family. Things are looking up for my life. Look at this statement. Don't post about it, pray about it. Let's be honest. We've let Facebook become our, our God. We've let Instagram become our God. We let social media take the place of where God needs to be in our life. The first place we go when we have a problem, we want to post about it. But can I say, as a believer, the first place we go when we have a problem is we pray about it. We pray about it. Nothing wrong with having people agree with you in prayer but you've already gone to God in prayer. When I post something, I've already prayed to God about it. When I post something, that's already happened. I'm giving testimony what God's already done or I'm believing God's gonna do it. Listen, I'm gonna learn to go to pray first. We're gonna pray first. Stop letting, listen, stop letting 2024 go by any longer without you learning to pray first. Pray, pray, pray. Faith doesn't ignore the problem. It just ignores the power of the problem. What's that mean? That means this, that I don't have to, I don't have to ignore I have a problem. Some people are like, I got faith. I don't have any problems. Yeah, you do. You got problems. I got problems. Okay. But what I do, faith allows me to say, those problems do not have power over my life. Ultimately, God has the power and control of my life. 
So my faith is in the one who answers my prayers. My faith is in the one who heals my body. My faith is in the one who turns my family around. My faith is in the one who opens doors for new jobs. My faith is in the one who restores the prodigal son. My faith is in the one who heals the blinded eyes. My faith is in the one who says, rise up and walk as you stand up today. How many of you say, Pastor, I'm going to declare 2024 that God will renew my heart for prayer. Come on, if God's speaking to you, say, I'm going to renew my heart for prayer. I'm going to learn to pray first. I'm not going to post first. I'm going to pray first. I'm going to raise your hands right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that, God, you're teaching us the power of prayer in our life. And I declare this year that we will look to you first. We will look to you first. We will look to you first and pray bold prayers in Jesus' name. Come on now.